0: Listen, you may sit sitting here tonight, and maybe you weren't here last year, you may be thinking to yourself, why revision? Like, what, what, what even, what happened here that, that got us to where we are t- today? Um, it starts back in, I was 22 years old, and it was 2020, so do the math, now I'm 25, but uh, 2020, I was at Passion Conference down in at Atlanta. Louis Giglio just spoke. Devin and I were there. Devin was one of the guys up here on the stage singing, and and uh, we were there. And Louis Louis Giglio just spoke, and he said, or he didn't say, but I was just sitting in this moment. Worship was going on. I was going before the Lord. And I was just really asking the Lord just to to give me a word, and and I felt so clearly that He was calling me to uh, bring a young adult uh, conference, a young adult ministry to the Indianapolis area. Um, one that would unite the church, the kingdom of God, not just one church, but multiple churches coming together, because we are stronger together, uh, and we're not in competition, uh, believe it or not, and uh, so I kind of prayed about it for two years, and I was terrified, I'm not going to lie, I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen, I was like, not me, I I don't know about all that, Uh, but here we are and, and after 2 years of prayer we had our first conference last year and then we're back at it again for revision 2023 and and I'm excited I am I am uh like just I'm peaking at excitement because I'm just like this this is the second year, last year I was pumped, this year, and I just can't wait to see where the Lord will continue to move, where the Lord will continue to go before us, make way, and as this grows, and as we unite as, as churches all around the area, and as, as believers, as young adults, what we're going to do for His kingdom is going to be awesome. And I want to say that saying, hey, don't count, your, don't count uh, yourself out based on your circumstances. When I was 22, I got the call, I became, uh, soon after I became uh, a campus pastor of Life Church at, in Pendleton at, at 24, and I was like, yeah, I, I don't, I was asked, I said, no, I don't think that's for me, So like, that's kind of terrifying as well, uh, I was like, there's no way I can do that either, but in all, the, in all the situations, all the circumstances where I countered myself out, I realized one thing, and it was that my mindset, the fact that I can't do it, uh, the the fact that I can't do it is really kind of the best place to be because I have no other choice but to rely on the Lord in this moment. So all that to being said uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into it we're gonna be in Acts chapter 8 today but we're gonna be talking about the concept is from there to here and my message title for tonight is when God opens a door 7,496 miles. That's the distance between Jerusalem and Buckeye. And, 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 And I'd like you to think about that distance because I'd like you to think about how the Word of God, specifically the good news about Jesus, got from there to here. And of course, in addition to the geographical distance, there is a chronological distance as well. Almost 20 centuries have elapsed since the days of Jesus and his apostles, during which the time the gospel has made its way to us and the hearts and on the lips of countless individuals. And on top of the geographical and chronological distance, there is a linguistical distance as well. From Aramaic and Greek, the good news, when we think about those who have verbalized it, has journeyed through many languages down Through the centuries. When we think about, isn't that just amazing? Isn't that just honestly remarkable at at what doors the Lord has opened to allow us to hear the good news, to hear the gospel? When we think about how the word of God got from there to here, I honestly believe, guys, we should be astonished. And I think the same theme is present in our in our passage here tonight. And when as we get into Acts chapter 8, this The book, its full traditional title is is Acts of the Apostles. And we're going to be in uh, chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. And we're going to cover them tonight. And as we do that, you can follow along with me, or they're going to be up on the screen for you as well. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. So he got up and went. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace. Uh, Queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the Spirit of the Lord said to Philip, Go up and join this chariot. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, "Well, Well, how could I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the passage of Scripture that he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. The eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning from the scripture, he preached Jesus to him. As they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe, with all your heart you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus. As he passed through, he kept preaching the gospel to all the cities until he came to Caesarea. Now there is no doubt that this is is an amazing story for many different reasons, but if your desire and if, if our desire here tonight is to discover what God wants to to say to us through this ancient account, then the first thing we need to do is make sure we understand why the writer, ultimately, Luke, has included this account in his record of the early church. Everything we know about the early church from both biblical and non-biblical writers leads us to believe that Luke could uh, could have included hundreds of stories about any number of tens of thousands of individuals who were impacted by the Christian message. But he didn't. He chose to highlight particular stories, and we certainly believe that God was at work in all of this, to guide and to guard, so that his word would be breathed out in writings like these. But that doesn't change the fact that God used Luke as a writer, as a historian. So let's talk about three reasons why Luke included this account of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. I may have also lost my spot on this, but it's all right, because we're going to find it. Um, Hey, there we go. All right, first first point I bring to you tonight. The growth happening was a result of God opening doors for the Word. The book of Acts includes seven summary statements in chapter 2, chapter 6, chapter 9, chapter 12, 16, 19, and 28. We're not going to go through all of them, but... Scattered throughout that book, scattered throughout this book, the the highlight, it highlights the growth of the Christian faith. Now, what's important to note is that three out of the seven of these that I mentioned uh, explicitly mentioned the ongoing spread of the Word of God. And we read in chapter 6, verse 7, the Word of God kept on spreading. And again, in chapter 19, verse 20, uh, it says, so the Word of the Lord was growing mightily and prevailing. And at the end of the book, in chapter 28, verses 30 and 31, and he stayed two full years in his own rented quarter, and was welcoming to all. And he was preaching the kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness, unhindered, meaning boldly. And episode after episode in Acts highlights how God was at work to open doors for the proclamation of the good news about Jesus. And I will like to point out that the opening of doors, that language in itself, it comes straight from Paul who used that imagery to describe the excellent opportunities that he was presented with for an effective gospel ministry. The first is in 1 Corinthians 16. It says, For a wide door for effective service has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, says, Now when I came to Troas... Uh, for the gospel of Christ and when a door was opened for me and the Lord. And, and and finally in Colossians chapter four, praying at the same time for us as well that God will open up to us a door for the Word. Just think about these open doors in the book of Acts. As we read, it talks about how crowds who, who hear their own languages being spoken by strangers, miracles being performed, believers being arrested, prisoners being liberated, supernatural light and a voice from heaven, divine visions and, and visits from angels. And that's just some of the uh, that's just some of the divinely appointed open doors that we find in Acts. And as we just heard, our passage, I believe, fits right into this pattern. It begins with an angel, an angel who is directing Philip to the middle of the desert in order to intercept a specific chariot. So, is is this Phil? Is this Philip the apostle? No, not actually. And you may or may not know that from uh, Acts six that Philip was one of the seven men appointed to help oversee the church's food distribution to the needy widows. But Luke wants us to understand that God used these men in other ways. So he highlights the expanded ministries of both Stephen and of Philip. But please don't miss the other earmarks of divine intervention here. In addition to the angel and the divine directions, the Ethiopian official just happens to be reading, at that moment, the clearest messianic prophecy in the Old Testament from Isaiah 53. And at just the right time, this man and Philip had come upon a watering hole in the middle of a desert. The growth happening in the book of Acts was a result of God opening doors for the Word. And God was doing this to help the first Christians fulfill the words of Jesus, who called them to go to all the nations, as we read in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. To go to all the nations... So who is this man that Philip meets? He's an official of the Nubian Kushite kingdom, a kingdom whose borders actually uh, stretch from what is today southern Egypt down to into central Sudan. And in those days, this kingdom, also called uh, Ethiopia, was considered the end of the earth going south. Even as far back as, as Homer's Odyssey, the Ethiopians were called the last of men. Talk about the word increasing. Talk about an open door. But with the larger context of the book in mind, we also see that, second, my second point, that Luke has included this account in order to demonstrate that belief, then baptism, is a right response to the word. Now, as with references to the Holy Spirit, the book of Acts talks about baptism far more than any other book in Scripture. And we see this. It's it's, it's not a hard pattern to to see. We see it in Acts chapter 2, uh, chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 16, 18, and 19. And no, I'm not going to read all those because we don't have the time, quite frankly. But I'm saying this, this is a pattern that we continue to see. And in all of these passages, the order is very clear. The gospel is preached, listeners believe, then they are baptized. And our main passage makes it fairly obvious that even the Ethiopian understood the importance of baptism as a personal expression of saving faith. Wonderfully so, he's he's the one who brings it up when he spots the watering hole. The book of Acts is an unambiguous in this way that belief then baptism is a right response to the Word of God. And finally I believe that there's a third reason that Luke has included this story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. When God opened a door Philip was faithful to step through it. There is not one hint of hesitation or deviation or protestation from Philip when God opens door after door after door. He remains faithful. I mean, do you see that? Like when when the angels direct Philip into the desert in verse 27, so he got up and he went. When the Spirit directed Philip in, uh, to the chariot, in verse 30, Philip ran up. When the man asked about this divinely positioned passage from Isaiah, in verse 35, it said, then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning from the Scripture, he preached Jesus to him. When, when water suddenly appeared in the desert, in verse 38, then he baptized him. And when Philip realized that he had been spiritually teleported, in verse 40, he just found himself as at Azotus, which in Old, Old Testament is Ashdod, which is 30 miles up the coast. Luke tells us that as, as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the cities until he came to Caesarea. Acts is a book full of portraits of faithfulness. And yes, God powerfully at work, but so often God powerfully at work through the faithfulness of his people. And what an encouragement for us tonight. Shouldn't these portraits of faithfulness and acts inspire faithfulness in us? Think about the encouragement that God has given us today. When we think about how the word of God got from there to here, we should be astonished. We should be in awe. But what is most astonishing is not the miles or the years or the languages or cultures crossed, It is the way in which God himself worked to open doors for his word. Is that your God? Is that the same God that we continue to serve today? The God who opens doors for the gospel. I want you to think about this tonight. You sit here as a result of this same story. Know the divine orchestration of of your salvation might not be as, as obvious as it was to Philip and Luke. I, I, I mean, I, I doubt an angelic vision or spiritual teleportation are factors in your story, but if so, I would like to know so you can come find me afterwards and we can talk about it, but some, someone was moved to share with you. Someone came alongside of you. Someone shared God's word with you. Someone pointed you to Jesus and maybe if they haven't yet then maybe that's me tonight but all of these were doors that God himself opened including ultimately the door to your heart the door to my heart if this was the case then that means all around us today God is opening doors still listen up young adult generation I we, We don't need an angel of the Lord to appear to us in order to know when God has, in his sovereign grace, opened a door for the word. We simply need to have a heart for God, his word, and the people in our circles. And to cultivate such a heart, we need to invest our time and energy into God, his word, and the people in our circles. And when we do that, through the Spirit of God, we will continue to gain an ever-deepening sensitivity to God, His Word, and the people in our circles. The question that we should ask ourselves tonight is not, is God opening doors in my circle? The question is, when God opens the door, what will I do? Will your life be a portrait of faithfulness? So many of you already are and have been in so many ways faithful. And I I personally love hearing about the opportunities that God has given us to to share, to serve, to open up our homes, our dorms, our apartments, to, to pray, to bless in one way or another. But others of you tonight have come and Forgotten that God blessed you so that you might bless others. That Christ served you so that you might serve others. That God spoke to you so that you might speak to others. That Christ died on the cross and rose again to new life, that you might die to yourself and live a new life for God and others. For a variety of reasons, some responses to hard situations, some deliberate steps toward worldly compromise, many of you have turned inward. You've responded by closing doors in your life rather than stepping through the door that God opens. You're fearful, you're distracted, you're indifferent, or maybe even just demoralized. Whatever it is, whatever the reason, God wants you to reach out to him tonight. Ask him for that change you need in light of his word. In light of Philip's example, shouldn't all of us be regularly praying this prayer? Father, give me a heart for the lost, eyes to see your open doors, and lips to speak as I step through them. You don't have to wait until you have it all figured out. If I waited until I had it all figured out, we wouldn't be here tonight. If I waited until I had it all figured out, I wouldn't be a, a pastor of a church. If I waited until I had it all figured out, I sure probably would not be married to Kelsey. We wait for so long and we wait for all the moments, the right moments. It's, it's sometimes there are moments that are just right. And, and oftentimes, though, it doesn't all look so clear. Yes, God definitely wants us to think about how the Word of God goes from there to here, but He also wants to think about how the Word of God will go from here to there. Outside the walls of our churches, outside this conference, how is it going to go from here to there? To your circles, to your family, to your community, to your your classrooms, to, to your workplace, whatever it may be. How is it going to go from here to there? To and through the open doors he's providing all around us, all of us. The here, the near, and the far. Some will have a door open tonight with somebody here. Others will have an open door in your family this weekend. Some of you may even have an open door come about to different cultures. But when those doors open, when they do come, When the opportunity arises, how will you respond? And as the, I'm going to invite the keys up here to close, to pressure me to get off stage ultimately, but I want to talk about how in the very next chapter of Acts, in chapter 9, there's a story of radical transformation. The Saul to Paul, of one reach who then reaches others. Listen to the heart of Paul as the open doors of God listen to how his full response, how full his response actually is, full of surrender and of zeal and of sacrifice. And First Corinthians 9 says this, "For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more for them, that I might win more of them." So the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win. To those who are under the law, as under the law, though not being myself under the law, so that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, though not being without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, so that I might win those who are without law. To the weak, I became weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men so that I may by all means save some. I do all things for the sake of the gospel so that I may become a fellow partaker of it. What does this mean to us? We saw it time and time again. Paul's saying, I'm doing this so that I may win more, that I may win more of them You might have to go into circles that you're not fully comfortable with because maybe you're a little introverted. That's okay. But just as Paul did how he had to get uncomfortable, it's time for us to get uncomfortable. It's time for us to realize how good we honestly have it. And I just want us to take a time of reflection over our hearts tonight over our lives, over our situations, over our family, over our friends. We all walk in here, we all come in here with different different upbringings, we have different backgrounds, and we're all walking in with different baggage. But what is God gonna do here tonight and tomorrow through the rest of this weekend that's gonna encourage you and inspire you and uplift you to take it from here to there. Guys, I'm not asking for you to go reach 100 people in a year, I'm asking you to go reach three. And then encouraging those three to go reach three. And then it's an ever, it's just just ongoing, it's a ripple effect, and those three are getting three, those three are getting three, you can do the math, but that's a lot of people that you're able to do just by walking through one open door. I want us to think about what we can actually do for the kingdom. Think Honestly, I think we've grown comfortable. We've gotten our circles, we've gotten, we've gotten our, our, our churches, we've gotten our cliques, we've gotten our friends, and we're just like, all right, I'm just gonna pedal on through, I'm gonna get into the word here, and I'm gonna get into the word there, I'm gonna worship here and there, but are we living a lifestyle that reflects us on a weekend service or at a conference. Like, what lifestyle are we living? Because when we are, when we are filled with the Spirit, and we go out, we have the, the, the fruits of the Spirit that come about, and we, in our interactions, people should see the goodness of God. People should see the light of Jesus in our conversations. It, it could be somewhere random, it could be a, it could be a random place. But guys, our, it is, it's necessary for us to go out. It may be uncomfortable to talk about it with family or friends, but I'm going to share a story with you. I didn't plan on sharing, but I'm going to share a story with you that is necessary. When I, after that conference, that, where I believe the Lord said to bring a young adult conference here to Indianapolis area, up into that point my buddy Devin and I we were doing a Bible study and it was just us two and then we decided to invite friends and family that we grew up with and and I had a cousin and his friend that came that was younger he came he he got saved and, and then he got baptized soon after awesome incredible love it and then I had another friend who came my best friend that basically lived with me all through high school. And he didn't really know the Lord, he knew of the Lord, he didn't really know the Lord, but he, he came a few times and, and through that he started, he downloaded version Bible Lab, we we're doing devotions together and he'd come every once in a while and then we would just talk and we would just pray and, and then he ended up giving his life to the Lord. And that's 2019 going into 2020 where that happens. And then March of 2021 he gets in a car accident and is in the hospital for three days. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Devastating time. I'm not going to lie. It was hard. Still is. I literally, when I watch people die on TV, I cry. Uh, and I'm not kidding. That's just me. The Lord has softened my heart through this one moment, but he passes on. And one thing that came out of that is knowing that he was with the Lord, there's a lot of peace in that. But if it wasn't a year and a half before that, where we would open the door, the Lord would open the door ultimately for him to receive Christ in his life, he wouldn't be where he is today. He wouldn't be rejoicing with the heavens. And I say that meaning we never know when our last moment's going to be. I have a a podcast with Cam, who's our host, and we say it all the time on there. It's time that we need to live a life as fools for Christ's sake. It's time to get foolish. It's time to get crazy. It's time to take chances. It's time to be vigilant, be open to those open doors and be obedient when they come, be faithful. In this moment, we're going to go into just a short time of reflection. But what I want you to do is I want you to think of two to three people that you can take, that you can go to. I'm not saying you do it tonight. I mean, if you want to, hey, more power to you. But think of two to three people that you, that you genuinely believe that the Lord has opened a door for you and that you have neglected, one that you just kind of ignored. And it might be a little convicting for you to admit that, but I want you to think of that. And I want you to take those names and not just like put them on your phone, put a screenshot of, make it your screensaver, whatever. It may be a constant reminder. These are the people that I want to pour into. These are the people that I wanna share the good news with. These are the people that I want with me in heaven. And once you, once you, once you mark those off, check another one, bring in another friend, put down another name, whatever it may be. So right now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just pray real quick. And then I I just want you guys to pull out your phones, put it in your notes, whatever it may be, just a couple minutes to think about those things. Lord, we come before you tonight. I pray, Lord, of all things, that if there was anything I said that was not in line with your word, I pray, Lord, that it is forgotten, and that the correction may come for me. But most of all, Lord, I pray that you get the glory tonight. I pray that this generation is inspired, that this generation is ignited, Father, with a fire for you, a burning fire and a burning passion to, to, to share the good news of the gospel, to share the good news of the cross. I pray, Lord, in this moment that you will, you will just bring a sense of, a, a, a spirit of peace as you reign among us, Father, that your peace will overwhelm us, overwhelm our minds, O oh Lord. Allow us to to think of those individuals, put it on our hearts. As you sit there tonight, guys, just speak it out. Lord, give me, give me some names. Make it very clear, God, who it is that I'm supposed to be reaching. Where are the open doors in my life that I may have shut and that I may have ignored? Write them down. If it's more than three, if it's more than five, I don't care, write them all down. Lord, where is it in our life tonight that we have neglected sharing the goodness of your word, and the goodness of your gospel. There's more to be done, and we are just getting started, Lord. We praise you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Just take a moment, two minutes, three minutes, write them down. If you need to meditate on it, if you need to pray on it, take that time. We're in no rush, I promise. But we're gonna allow the keys are going to play a little bit. You guys just sit there and if, if the Lord spoke to you in any way tonight and you just have to share it, share it with a neighbor or find any of us who are serving and share it with us. We'd, we'd love to hear about it, but guys, we're, we are just getting started. Do not despise small beginnings. There is more to be done here in this city, in this state, and in this nation, and in this world. And it starts right here with you and I tonight.